another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. The information that you just got that you just got on air, live air, was the news and updates for today. Now, I'm going to get into some NFL scores before I get into some Eagles talk because I know I have a lot of people that want to say some things. I know I'm going to have a lot of comments and all of that stuff revolving around the Eagles and their upset win yesterday over the New Orleans Saints at the link. So let's get into the scores for week 14 in the NFL. Go back to Thursday night football, Thursday's game. New England was at the Rams. The Rams take that game 24-3. Now we move into yesterday's games. Houston falls to Chicago 36-7. Dallas beats up on Cincinnati 30-7. Green Bay gets by Detroit 31-24. Kansas City just barely ekes by Miami uh, 33-27. Hey, Ivan, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. Arizona beats the New York Giants 26-7. Minnesota falls to Tampa Bay 26-14. Denver beats Carolina 32-27. Tennessee bounces back and gets a win over Jacksonville 31-10. Indianapolis does the little number on Las Vegas uh, 44-27. The Jets fall again to Seattle 40-3. New Orleans falls here in Philadelphia 24-21 to the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts in his first NFL start. Atlanta uh, falls to the Chargers 20-17. Tay, what's going on, bro? Uh, Washington football team goes out to the Bay and beats San Francisco 23-15. And in the late night game, not late night, but last night's game, Saturday, Sunday night, Pittsburgh falls at Buffalo 26 to 15. Those are your NFL scores for week 14 in the NFL. So we have a lot to get to. Uh Chris, thanks for tuning in. Yes, Ivan, we can definitely I definitely can do that, bro. Of course, no doubt. Um just, you know, just give me all the information, all the particulars, and we can definitely talk about that. And that's not an issue at all. So, yesterday, Eagles, New Orleans Saints. Looking at that game on paper, a lot of people just figured, myself included, as I picked the Saints to win last week when I made my picks for Week 14, that I didn't think that it would happen because of the way the uh, Saints defense was playing, the way their offense was beginning to play under uh, Taysom Hill, and with the coaching staff, you know, and having Malcolm Jenkins on that defense, knowing a lot of what goes on here in Philadelphia. So I wasn't feeling too confident about that game on that note at first. And then secondly, you're starting a rookie quarterback against arguably or not the best defense in the NFL right now which is definitely would have been a tough feat. Uh, apparently, the young man has some swagger. He has some confidence. And he also, in this instance, has some assurance. Uh, I'm sure he took all the first-team snaps uh, leading up to the game, you know, when we found out Monday, last, one, last week, that he would be the starter moving uh, for this game. 
Um, I also reported yesterday that there is rumor and there's chatter that he may be the starter going forward within the next th the remainder of the season. Three games left, you know, they may just let him stay in there and see what happens. But he got his chance yesterday, and again, I think the young man has some swagger, he has some moxie, and again, he had the confidence, like I was saying, he probably took first-team snaps all practice, and he knew what was available to him. He understood the game plan. The game plan was catered to him and his abilities. And I hope, hey, Nicole, thanks for tuning in. Now, folks, I, I hope that you are listening with, to what I'm saying here. I said that he was confident. He was secure in the game plan. He understood the game plan. plan. The game plan was catered to his offensive and natural skill set. I'm saying this all like this for a reason. And it, it ties right into everything that's been going on for the past several weeks. And more importantly, the last week and a half, if you will. We have been going through the thing with the Carson Wentz. And it was back and forth whether he should be benched or this and that. Things of that nature. So we come to find out that he is going to be benched. He, he was not starting yesterday. Did not play at all yesterday. So we back backtrack a little bit in this whole situation. And a lot of the things I talked about when I talked last week, when I brought to the table, who do people think was the blame? I told you who I thought was the blame. I said there was enough to go around. So I spread it out and I shared my opinions on each particular individual who I said I felt had blame in this whole situation. But some of the things that I just mentioned... The game was catered to his skill set, what he does well. He was confident in the game plan. He understood there was a game plan set. He knew what he was supposed to do. Now, there's two sides to this, so don't get me wrong, okay? I, I will get to the both the sides in a moment. For right now, I'm going to stay on this main important side as of just organizational play-calling football side of it right now, if you will. Some of the things that I said about Carson Wentz and his hella slump were Doug, in my opinion, I felt like Doug as a coach needed to get him more comfortable, bring him back to what he was comfortable with within the offense, getting him outside the pocket, rollouts, being able to use his feet to extend plays. Also, on the other hand, Carson has to be a lot more decisive in his in certain situations. There have been situations where he was put in those positions, but his indecisiveness or his want to try and definitely make a play hurt the team in the long run. So initially I have been saying that I felt like Doug should have been putting Carson in those positions. I did say that I see it. I said that I saw it in a couple games where it was a little bit too much too late in a couple games where I saw Doug call some of those plays and Carson looked a lot better than he did for the pretty much the entire game. But it was like I said, it was too much, too little, too late at that particular moment. But that gave you the impression and, and you understood as a fan 
that you knew it could be done. Wasn't done consistently enough. And again, when I said I had enough blame to go around, I had Carson into this again with some of the stuff that I just said. There have been moments when his indecisiveness has caused sacks, interceptions, uh, bad plays, where it has hurt the team in the long run. And I, I say these things to say that what I saw from Jalen Hurts yesterday was a lot different. As I'm sitting there watching the game, there were early plays where he may not have been a designated actual run for him. It just might have been a scramble uh, or a rollout to try and make a play. But he immediately made quick decisions where I'm not going to try and force this. I got some space here. I'm just going to run it and take it and get whatever I can get, and we'll move on to the next play. We're not going to subject and take those negative yards or put myself in the position to possibly take negative yardage trying to finish this play out, trying to make a play instead of taking the running lane and get what you can and move on to the next down. The In the passing game, the ball was out of his hands quick. Again, making the quick decisions, which was one of the things that I mentioned about Carson Wentz that I had not seen him doing. And I understand, and I also said that year five, some of the mistakes and some of the decision-making that Carson Wentz was going through was questionable for a fifth-year NFL quarterback. And I can understand if this was your first year or your second year starting, you may be still catching up to the speed. This is your fifth year, technically, as the starter. So these are things that you should be aware of within yourself. These are things that you should be able to handle these are things that should not really be happening in a fifth-year starting quarterback in the NFL. So, they made the decision. They moved on to Jalen Hurts. And he had a very good game yesterday. Uh, his stats, real quick. Passing yards, he was 17 of 30 for 167 yards and one touchdown. He also ran the ball quite a bit yesterday, which is part of his game and I understand that those plays were put in because that is part of his skill set. Rushing the ball, he rushed the ball 18 times for 106 yards. Looking at an average of 5.9, so let's call it 6 yards per carry. 100 yards rushing from your quarterback. And I'm not sitting here and saying or condoning say yeah, well you know, Carson's pretty much done. He had that one performance. It's one game, folks. One game. But I am acknowledging the success that was had by Jalen Hurts yesterday. And also, in my opinion, the entire team played better. And I don't know if it was the comments from Jason Kelsey, if they had a team a players-only meeting, uh, some of the veterans stepped up or whatever it was, but that team looked like a different team than we had seen in the past, in the last four weeks. The defense came out determined and stayed that way the entire game. Two key turnovers. 
or two key pressures late in that game. Okay, to keep the drive, keep to end their drives and, and keep the or get the offense back on the floor, on the field to try and close out that game yesterday. So kudos to the defense for being being pretty solid all day until late in the game when the injury bug hit again. This this Eagles team this year has been through so much. We understand what's going on with the offense and. That's a whole different story. You you could have two or three soap opera storylines from this team this year. And one of them could definitely be the injury bug. The injury bug has hindered this team from since since week one. And it's just been in a, a snowball effect all the way into what are we are now, week 14. Pretty much the entire secondary was decimated at the end of that game yesterday. The only starter I believe that was still out there towards the end of that game was Jalen Mills, who ironically had to move over to corner so that the other guys could get in, the backups could play. So, still, that that's not an excuse for the way things went. And like I said, we've talked about that for several weeks now. But continuing with the Jalen Hurts talk and people arguably or, or beginning to chatter and say that there could possibly really now be a quarterback controversy I don't think that is it I don't think it's one there uh I think this may be a situation where they are looking where they might have a Nick Nick Foles on steroids if you will when I say that I mean because he's younger and he has a skill set that Nick Foles did not have, which is being able to use his feet. No dis- no discredit to Nick Foles, but Jalen Ro- Jalen Hurts is a little bit better because he can use his feet. Okay. Uh I think yesterday he commanded the huddle, he commanded the team, he moved the team up and down the field. And he did a lot of things very well yesterday. So, as you know me, if you have ever tuned in to me before, you know, and you follow me on social media, you know me. I'm not going on one game. It's one game. You've got to, we've got three more games left in the season. You've got to do this at least twice more for me to begin to say, you know, it might be some competition in training camp next year. Because the fact is, as we like to give you the business side again as well, there probably won't be a disappearance of Carson Wentz next season. Carson Wentz will probably be the starter once again next season. Hopefully some things will change and they'll get an offensive coordinator, maybe a new head coach, maybe a new general manager. A lot of things could go on in the offseason um, in preparations and trying to restore the MVP candidate Carson Wentz that we saw in 2017 before the injury. So the business side of that also is the amount of money on this contract where it would make a major cap hit if you moved him now or next year. Your best thing would be to try and have him fixed next year, see how that goes. And then after that, maybe you think about trying to trade or waive him or cut him. But I don't think it's going to happen next year. 
And then on that note, you also now have Jalen Hurts, who you know what you have in the background as your security blanket. You know what you have there, and you have you you will have seen him perform in the NFL in games, and you will know again what you have in your backup quarterback um, who could possibly supplant and become the starting quarterback moving into the future. So I'm not going to label it a quarterback controversy. I'm going to go with some of the things that Doug said, and and I I hate to do this because I really don't like um, Doug's press conferences. They are really, really not favorable to me, and, and that's just me. But some of the things uh, I liked about yesterday was, and and their thinking and their thought process in making this change. And right now at this point, they got the win. So for me, it really doesn't matter how the decision was made because people have been talking it was Doug's decision or maybe it came from Lurie, yada, yada, yada. At this point, they got the win yesterday. So for me, it really doesn't matter how it came about, but it has been changed and the change has been made. So it did spark the team a little bit. I did notice some things going on with the team yesterday on the sidelines and on the field. Uh, I also noticed some camaraderie where basically the players that were playing were on the field and they're like, yo, look, dude, we with you, including the defense. Like, listen, come on. You, you're doing good right now. Let's keep this thing going. You know, we can we can shock the world a little bit here and do something today. Okay, so it built, I saw some camaraderie there on both sides of the ball, like I said, offense and defense. I also saw a young man, like I said in the beginning, who showed that he had some moxie, some confidence, and some swagger, especially the confidence that knows he can get the job done. And he went out and performed and showed that yesterday. I also noticed a little bit difference in play calling. And like I said, I'm sure that they had to get to this point and they had to decide that they have to incorporate plays into his skill set. So they had to adjust the playbook to coincide and compensate his skill set. And again, I saw a different Eagles team yesterday. I saw a team that I hadn't seen in weeks this season alone, especially the last four weeks. Uh, There was no wavering. These guys were together yesterday. And again, like I said, I'm not sure how this came about, but they all rallied. Like I said, it it could have possibly been Jason Kelsey's comments. um, And some of those I, I... I'm not going to quote, but some of those I'm going to paraphrase where he said, it's not one person. You know, it's it's everybody. It's all of us, the entire offense, the entire team. We're all in this together. You know, basically saying it's a brotherhood. It's a family. And when one of us is not playing good or one of us is not, it's not that one person. It's all of us because we're all in this together. That could have sparked something. That could have changed something in that locker room. And if you don't know, it, it it meant a lot for it to come from Jason Kelsey. The only mainstay from the beginning of the season, from week one on that offensive line. And a player who 
gives his heart and soul each and every week on this football field for this football team and for this city. And his amazing run and his amazing speech and how he pretty much captured the city in a moment when he spoke at the Super Bowl parade, uh, the end of the super, ending of the Super Bowl parade at the art museum. His speech then, like I said, he, he captured the city in that moment and, and ultimately supplanted himself as a legend, a legendary sp sports figure within the city of Philadelphia. He did that in one moment. So for him to say the things that he said, I, I tend to believe that that had a little bit to do with how that team performed yesterday how they came together. And we've always heard them say, especially from guys like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, that there's no, there's no quit. This team is, is going to fight. Uh, we've also heard that a little bit from Jalen Mills on the back end of that defense. You know, uh, Jason Kelsey has said it. Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard has been, you know, quoted, not quoted, but has been heard saying it. So for Jason Kelsey to finally put it all together, and make a statement, I think, was some help for that team yesterday. And I think it did a very good thing. So, once again, folks, the Eagles get the upset win yesterday and Jalen Hurts' first start. Um, there's definitely going to be a lot more talk throughout the day. I will continue to keep my ears to the street and the situation. And as I get information, as always, like I do, I will bring it to you as fast as I can. As fast and as concise as I can. So before we close out this first segment, the NFL, uh, I'm going to give you pick my game. I'm going to give you my picks for next week, week 15, coming up in the NFL. Uh, let alone tonight closes out week 14 with Baltimore at Cleveland on Monday Night Football. So we move into Thursday, the beginning of week 15. We have the Chargers at Vegas. I'm going to go with the Chargers on the road here. Then we move into Sunday's games. Buffalo at Denver. Denver played a good game yesterday, but I like, again, I still like that defense in Buffalo. And Mr. Allen is starting to impress me. So I'm going to go with Buffalo. Carolina at Green Bay. Green Bay is beginning to run away with the NFC. They're back at home. And I'm going to take Green Bay in this game. Detroit at Tennessee. Some issues with an injury, some type of rib injury yesterday with uh, Matthew Stafford. I'm going to take Tennessee at home. Houston at Indianapolis. Not really sure what's going on in Houston right now, so I'm going to take the Colts at home. The Jets are at the Rams. I'm definitely going to take the Rams there. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Atlanta is up and down like they're on that roller coaster. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on the road. New England at Miami. Mind you, ideally, you would go with New England in this game. This is going to be my push-the-envelope type of game. Baldy would love this if he was here. My guy, Jay Barbecue, was going to love this as well. I'm going to go with Miami and Young Tua at home. Chicago at Minnesota. Division game, a tough game. Chicago coming off a big win. Minnesota, uh, I'm going to go with Chicago on the road because of that defense. Cleveland at the New York Giants. I am going to go with the Browns there. Seattle at Washington. Well, the Giants beat them. 
And I don't think they're going to stand for that, which they took it out um, on, who did they play? They took it out on the Jets yesterday. So I'm going to stay with Seattle and take Seattle over the Washington football team. Jacksonville at Baltimore. I'm going to take Baltimore and that at home. Philadelphia at Arizona. Surprisingly here, I'm going to take Philadelphia in this game just because I like what I saw yesterday in Jalen Hurts, and I hope they can keep that going for the next couple games, at least for the remainder of this season. Kansas City at New Orleans, going with KC. San Francisco at Dallas. Dallas played a good game yesterday, a really good game yesterday. I look for San Fran to bounce back because of their coaching. I'm going to go with San Fran. And then next Monday, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in that game. And there you have it, folks. Those are my picks for week 15. It is now 1140, 20 minutes to the noontime hour, 40 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. You are tuned in to Sports Rap Podcast here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy, Sports Rap D. I'm going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk some NBA, some Sixers, and a little bit more stuff coming down the line. Stay tuned, folks. I'll see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. Of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. And you can get me, as always, each and every Monday right here. Facebook Live, the group page is Sports Rap Podcast. So thanks to everyone that tuned in earlier. Uh, Didn't catch everybody, but hope you come back so we can get into some NBA talk right now and some Sixers talk. Uh, if you will. So one of the things that I definitely want to do is I want to remind everybody that preseason is underway. As you see, I have on my NBA NYC shirt, and I am also supporting my squad, Philadelphia 76ers as well. And I am excited to get, yeah, see this, Philadelphia 76ers hat, NY, NBA NYC, so I am fully in on NBA right now. We had some games yesterday. I'm going to give you those scores. The Magic fall to the Hawks, 116-107. The Wizards fall to the Nets in KD's first game, uh, 119-114. The Knicks uh, fall to the Pistons, 99-91. The Rockets fall to the Bulls, 104-91. The Clippers get destroyed by the Lakers, 131-106. And the Kings beat the Blazers, 121-102. 106. There are one, two, three, four, five, six games, preseason games on the slate tonight. You have the Pacers are at the Cavs. The Pelicans are at the Heat. The Raptors are at the Hornets. The Mavs are at the Bucks. The Grizzlies are in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. And the Suns go to Utah to face off against the Jazz. So, as I mentioned to you maybe a couple weeks ago, the NBA had initially uh, announced a 100, I think it was 134-page health and safety protocol. Then it was either last week or two weeks ago. I mentioned that it has been up to a 158-page uh, health and safety protocol. So now they've had some new coronavirus protocols. And... You know, they gave out all the jazz and when players can return to play. And, you know, again, I give the NBA a lot of praise for how they came up with the bubble and how they handled everything 
with the end of the restarting and the end of last season. So one of the things that I saw in this article and I thought it was pretty interesting, this is why is it why it matters. And what it says is the protocols which must still be ratified by the league and the NBA Players Association come as players prepare for training camp and the preseason which began on the 11th and looking into a 72 game regular season which begins on December 22nd. It's a great day that day too. Anybody knows me, you might know why that's a really great day, but I'll tell you about that a little bit later on another time. So some of the details say under the under the protocols, anyone who tests positive for COVID-19 will have two potential paths to return to work. Go 10 days or more after the first positive test or onset of symptoms or have at least two consecutive negative PCR tests 24 hours apart. So now they're giving them options, which I think is pretty good. You know, some people may want to get back in a hurry and say, look, I, that, that first test was false. And, you know, I haven't been around anybody. Let me do the quick. Let me do it the quick way. I'm going to take the two tests and get back to work. Then you may have some people who might want to take a rest. And say, uh, well, yeah, I'll just take the 10 days, you know, I'll, I'll recoup a little bit, you know, for those days. Also, any player who tests positive, even if they're asymptomatic, must wait a minimum of 12 days before returning to team training or play. This includes at least 10 days in which the player will not be permitted to participate in any exercise training. And then an additional two days of individual workouts and monitoring per NBA.com. So there you go. Anybody that has, is asymptomatic or whatever or test positive, they have to do a minimum of 12 days. So that's 10 days basically in quarantine. No physical activity. You can't go to the team facility, no practice, none of that. Then you'll have two days of individual workouts and monitoring before you can return again i think the nba is heads and shoulders above every other league and attempting to deal with this coronavirus an anonymous tip line will also be set up to report possible violations of safety protocols similarities here from the bubble okay teams will have follow have to follow a number of steps when players do test positive okay so, therefore, they're holding everyone accountable, all right, and keeping everyone's safety in mind. The league will also impose a limit of 45 people for any team's travel party, including up to 17 players. Mm. So, they're limiting how you can travel. Like, again, taking every precaution for all the way across the board, not just for the players, but for coaching staff and other officials and members of the team. The occurrence of independent cases or a small or otherwise expected number of COVID-19 cases will not require a decision to suspend or cancel the 2021 season, the protocol says. So they are not looking to have any issues where they would have to, again, postpone or cancel this upcoming season. They want to take every health and safety precaution that they can and get through this season. And I think, again, the NBA, like I keep saying, is head and shoulders. So I give them major, major kudos for the way that they're handling uh, this whole entire coronavirus situation. 
they are doing things in, in expectation of this could happen or what if this happens let's keep everyone's safety first as a priority not just the players and the coaching staff but everyone that has to deal with that team and those players um, on a daily basis during the season which i think is great because you have everybody's you have everybody uh everybody covered okay where there's not a little bit more focus here and a little less focus there it's pretty much even keeled across the board where everybody is in the same boat. And I like that because this way you can hold people accountable, you can hold teams accountable like they said they will. Teams will have a strict protocol to follow if they have a player or anyone in their organization on a daily basis uh, test positive for COVID-19. So, folks, again, this COVID thing is no joke, man. It's no joke. Uh, Before I move a little further, I want to give a quick shout-out to a good friend of mine, Troy Randall, and the Randall family. Um, private situation, personal situation. Just want to make note of that and give a shout out to them. Uh, your prayers, my prayers are with you and the family, Troy. Uh, shout out to you, homie, and the family. Um, this thing is not a joke, as you see, and I think it, it, it's beginning to hit home for some people now that they and they're now starting to fully realize it um i've understood and have been aware and been cautious and safety cautious doing all of my precautions and being healthy and safety conscious voice no chill thanks for tuning in you know conscious one way because i am not Directly frontline, I am somewhat frontline, but I am essential personnel with the city of Philadelphia. And I work in juvenile detention. So I had to be cautious as well. So you could technically call me frontline, but it's not the frontline that uh, is more important than what people think of, you know, as far as in the medical field and the nursing field. Those are paramedics and fire and those kind of people I consider frontline. Okay, like I said, I'm maybe frontline a you know sub frontline but those are the people that i really truly consider frontline and i commend them and applaud them for the work that they are doing and have done um it's just it's scary it's crazy but um if you looked at some of my video this morning you know what i follow uh on monday mornings the morning rush great show with great burning topics and they they do joke and have fun but they also have a lot of meaningful topics and a lot of uh important topics and uh one of their one of the co-hosts there uh no chill was talking about her working in the nurse nur- in the in the nursing field and they talked about the vaccine you know so it's a lot of positive in there you know they mix their little jokes and everything in to keep it fun to get your juices going in the morning but there's also a lot of meaningful topics and this is why i do what i do and sometimes i bring some of that stuff into my show on mondays when i go on following them but people what i was getting at was the nba like i said is doing everything in their in their power you know there's going to be a hotline uh you know and, and people might think well, well why are they going to be snitching on each other Ain't nobody going to be doing that at this point it's Richard drummond thanks for tuning in at this point, it is beyond snitching, if you will, because 
you could see it. Let's say you see something and don't report it. You could be the very next person to be sick. You can either know it or not know it, but you could be the very next person to be sick. So why would you want that to happen? Why would you wish that on another person if it's something that you saw and now you have to potentially be around this person for a lot of time and you could potentially get sick and then it could be somebody else or whatever. So, you know, at that point, it's beyond snitching. But I like the fact that the NBA is laying out, like I said, what if this happens and what if that happens? We have to have something in place in the event that that happens. We're not saying that we wish it happens and we're not saying that it's definitely going to happen. But there's that big burning question of what if. And some of these other leagues were, were definitely not prepared for those what ifs. But I think the NBA is doing everything they can to prepare themselves for those what ifs. And with that being said, I'm going to continue on. And before I get into my Sixers talk, I have to talk about the NBA power rankings. Talked about some of this at work last week. There were about three or four different rankings, and they ranked 100 players. I'm not going to get into the 100 players as far as the 100-player list, but when I go into my Sixers talk, I'm going to talk about where some Sixers players are ranked, and then I'm going to talk about the top 10 overall NBA players in their rankings. So just real quick, to get you through the NBA power rankings, and these were the team rankings. These are not the individual player rankings. These were the team rankings. Uh, the Sixers, and I think this is, I believe I got this one from Bleacher Report. So, yes, yes, Richard, I've been saying that for a long time, that the NBA has done the best job with the COVID situation. I totally agree. So, when this one uh, NBA Power Rankings list that I have, Sixers did not make the top 10. And this one, they are ranked at number 13. And again, this is not uh, conference-wise. This is just overall. But as I'm looking in here, there are one, two, three, four, five, six out of this top 13 where the Sixers rank at number 13. Six of those 13 are NBA Eastern Conference teams. So you could arguably say the Sixers could be no lower than six in the conference as far as moving into the playoffs and progressing um, with the season as it goes along. But right now they're ranked number 13. And, and I, I understand that uh, a lot of people will probably or will probably argue and say that they should be ranked a little higher. But as I'm going to read you off some of these names of these teams that are in this top 13, the Lakers are at one, the Bucks are at two, Miami Heat at three. That right there, those top three, two teams, the two teams that faced off in the NBA Finals, the most recent NBA Finals, um, two teams that are pretty much the same teams from last year with some key additions, which as far as the Lakers go, the additions that they got pretty much replaced and in some ways, some ways slightly enhanced what they missed or what they have lost from last season. The Bucks uh did some things, but 
still have to wait and see how it's going to work. And I think they're just ranked at number two because of a particular player that they have. So, like, again, I still think that these power rankings are skewed, but this was just one that I felt was interesting in the way it played out and some of the points that I just mentioned to you. So I brought this one to the table to uh, chat a bit about. The Celtics, we know what they are. They're pretty much the same, you know. Uh, again, the Warriors, I don't understand how the Warriors are back in it so quickly. But they are, on according to this. The Mavericks, I can see them. The Raptors are getting older. So, uh, little questions there. The Nets, of course, because of the star power that they have on the roster, who haven't played together yet, but, you know, it's what goes on when things like that happen. And then you have the Sixers, my Sixers. And I, I, I wouldn't put them in the top ten right now myself either, I don't think. And that's only because of the major changes that were made. You have new players. You have a new coaching staff. You have, a new mem- you have new members in the front office. So there's three facets of things that are different that have to be adjusted on the fly with the shortened training camp because of the season that ended in the coronavirus and things of that nature. So corona has put a hinder on how the progress can make. Uh, Richard Drummond says, it's going to take a little bit to have the players to get with Doc and his system, but as the season goes along, they will get better. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rich, I totally agree. You know, um, this is one of the reasons why I was saying that I wouldn't, right now, I wouldn't put them in my top ten. Um, there are some teams in here that I would take out, but I also understand um, you know, I think they could be above the Warriors and above the Jazz, which would put them right up, right out of the top 10 at 11. Okay. Uh, I also think with the age of the Raptors that they could possibly move in and just crack at the bottom and be number 10 in the top 10 um, power rankings of the NBA. So... Again, just like I've been mentioning, just like Richard just said, it's going to take a little bit of time. But everything that I'm seeing, everything that I'm hearing is that the guys are coming together. There's a will for guys, um, the new guys coming in, the new veterans coming in who just coming off a championship in Dwight Howard and the three-time champion Danny Green who are pushing these young stars and, and giving them what wasn't there from other players before when Jimmy Butler was here Jimmy Butler was there he did it but it's just a different level and this is no discredit to what Jimmy did and how he tried to boost the teammates just didn't get along with the coaching staff and other things and we saw how that played out but he tried he got through to some of the players who got through to Ben he got through to Joe but situation just didn't work out for him here but it's just a little bit different now because you have guys that have won championships that have the taste in their mouth. And, you know, Danny Green, the cagey, savvy veteran who can bring these young guys along and show them how to win. And then you have Dwight Howard, who has that hunger still, who can push that hunger and spread this hunger to the younger guys and to the young cornerstones of the franchise and let them know, look, I got one now, so look, I want another one. And y'all young guys, if y'all listen to me, we can possibly go get another one. 
or I can go get another one, but y'all getting one. Um, Richard also says that Green and Howard will be an inval will be invaluable with their vet experience. Green is already pushing Ben to shoot the mid-range jumper. Yes, he is. And I'm going to get to some stuff that Danny Green talked about um, in his press conference uh, media day or his media media availability uh, during training camp so far. So those additions, like I talked about them in the beginning, and a lot of people initially were saying what I said before or what I said that they said before. With Danny Green's instance, oh, well, you know, he's a little older and yada, 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 but he can still shoot. And I'm when I get to the article and tell you, and just like Richard just said, the veteran leadership, the intangibles, the game within the game, as we like to say. Dwight Howard, he can push Joel in practice, as he has said that he's been doing. Um, like Richard just mentioned, Danny Green has said on occasion that he is pushing Ben to shoot the mid-range jumper. You know, he's basically trying to get it instilled in him to say that we know what you can do with the ball going downhill. Nine nights out of ten nights, possibly even more so ten out of ten nights, when you're playing against a point guard, another point guard, there's going to be he's going to be smaller than you anyway. So we know what you can do going downhill and in the post-up and in, in transition. Just imagine what you could do or the damage that you can do if you start shooting this mid-range jumper. So hopefully Danny Green is getting through to him in practice and he will begin to shoot those jumpers. We will definitely see something tomorrow night, I hope, when the Sixers open the preseason on TNT against the Boston Celtics tomorrow night. So we move into our player rankings. And again, I went through... CBS Sports and Bleacher Report, and I pulled these two top 10 player rankings of the top 100 list. Uh, let me start with Bleacher Report first. Uh, and these are in order. I'm just going to give you the names, but I'm going in, in top order from top to bottom. I'm rather 1 through 10. Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, The Beard, Luka, The Joker, Dame Lillard, A.D., Jimmy Butler, and Chris Middleton. Now, this list, I could probably jostle some people around on this list or whatever, but I, I could definitely change number 10. Uh, like I said, the Sixers have been up and down. Uh, you could arguably, if Joel would stay in shape and be the dominant center that we know he could be, you could arguably bump him up into this top 10 and replace somebody else at that number 10. But immediately thinking here with this top 10, and I looked at it and I was a little stunned, and I see that name there, and there's immediately one name that I know I could put in there that I think had more viability to be in the top 10. And Richard, I'm sure you're tuned in and you can correct me if I'm wrong or let me know what you think about this. Like I just said in this Bleacher Report, top 10, they have number 10 at Chris Middleton. In my opinion, I could put Jamal Murray in that spot very easily as going on what their performances overall from last season and especially what they did in the bubble. I could, I could very easily put Jamal Murray in that number 10 spot. So, Rich, think about that. Let me know what you think. I'm sure you're probably typing right now, but... Please let me know what you think about that. While I move on to 
the CBS Sports Top 100, Top 10 list. And it goes like this, again, from top to bottom. LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Steph, AD, Luka, KD, James Harden, Dame Dillard, and Nikola Jokic, the Joker. Now, that one is a little bit better for me. Um, you know, some extras they have here, and this was just because of the comparisons that I saw with some of the Sixers players, Jason Tatum at number 11, Jimmy Butler at number 13, and Bam Adebayo at number 18. Um, respectively, those guys are on Bleacher Report's list. Jason Tatum is the same. Jimmy Butler, I just heard you just heard me say was number nine, and Bam Adebayo number twenty-six. So with that being said, um, I'm moving into continuing with that theme of the player rankings. I'll just give you the Sixers rankings as I thought from CBS Sports. Joel Embiid is at number twelve. Ben Simmons at number twenty. Tobias Harris is way down to sixty-one. Seth Curry, 86, and Danny Green at 97. Uh, I'm okay with that because I think with Danny Green and Seth Curry, I think if they were to do something during the midseason that because of where they are right now and the roles that I think that they're going to play, um, that they would move up. Yes, Richard, Joe is is top 10 in the league. Yeah, I've seen lists where, where he's been top 7, top 8, you know, so – I totally agree with that. But, again, getting back to that, to when I told you, the one I saw with Chris Middleton at number 10, like I said, I could very easily just right off the top, you know, and this is not even a thought. Like I said, just looking back real quick at what occurred in the bubble uh, during last season and watching both of those guys play, my, my pick to swap him out would be I could easily put Jamal Murray in that 10 spot, if not Joel Embiid. So, you know, it, it's a lot to go, in, go into that, but. I'm just a guy here with my own podcast, and I thank everybody that tuned in that's helping me get where I am and uh, continuing to tune in. So before I get into, well, not, not I'm going to get into the Danny Green article right now before I get into the continual James Harden nonsense, which is becoming a thorn in my side, and I am actually tired of hearing it, and I will talk a little bit about that. Um, in just a second. But I want to get to this Danny Green stuff real quick. And, you know, he was brought here from Oklahoma City in a trade for Al Thorford, Al Horford. You know, one of the, one of the things he said, and I quote, he says, I was shocked because I'm guessing he probably hasn't touched the ball since the beginning of the championship. This is what Doc Rivers said about Danny Green. And, you know, he was happy to have him here. Um, Green said, he, he says, Green had a first, on his first impression. He liked his energy things of that nature. He said, the guys here are excited to be here. Um, and they're excited to learn from each other, to play with each other and compete against each other. So that brings, that shows me that they're bringing Danny Green and Seth Curry are bringing, and Dwight Howard are bringing that veteran leadership. Uh, some of the things that Danny Green says, he says, my job, I think, is more important off the floor than it is on the floor for this group. Totally agree with that. Uh, just helping them understand the small details of what it takes to win, to be winners. Teaching them small things like guarding pick and rolls, guarding screens, pin downs, coming off and how to use those screens, how to talk to each other, being patient and how to communicate defensively. So I think that can help everybody, not just certain stars, certain people, but everyone across the board, both guards and bigs. 
You know, he's also using his time playing with great bigs as with the like as the likes of Tim Duncan, Mark Gasol, and Anthony Davis to help Joel understand what his potential is and what he could be uh, as far as for the team and for and in the league. Okay, now. Before I get to my last topic, and like I said, I have to squeeze this topic in, um, but I'm going to get to that in just a second. But before I get to that, I just have to talk a little bit about all this James Harden talk. There has been talk for several weeks, ever since James Harden, James Harden has put out that he was initially would like to be traded to the Sixers, the Nets, somebody or any contender. I wish that people would stop adding the Sixers into that. They have continually continually, and consistently mentioned that they are not right now not willing, excuse me, to trade either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, which is one of them is what it would take to get uh, James Harden from Houston. Like I said, when, when they initially um, began talking about him wanting to be traded, wanting to be out, you knew that they were, they were going to want a shitload, excuse my language, they were going to want a shitload in return. Either another star, or we don't have another star. We want a whole bunch of number one picks or high draft picks, or potentially high draft picks. So, you've also heard Doc in press conferences um, during media days or during media availability at training camp, where he says, "You know, and those rumors haven't come from us. So until you hear it from us, there's pretty much nothing to it. So, folks, it, it's probably, and I don't think it's going to happen. I, as a fan, um." Don't want it to happen. I want to work with what we have here. I feel like you at least have to give this team here a chance under a new regime, under a new coach, and see how it plays out. Hopefully, with the additions that were made, they can get the best out of these two young stars and they can understand. And like Danny Green said, he can help push them, show them how to win, and teach them how to be winners. So with that being said, I am, again, looking forward to basketball season. Again, the preseason. Ike Franks, thanks for tuning in. The preseason is underway. Um, I gave you the schedule for tonight. I gave you scores for last night. Uh, Sixers open their preseason with their first of two games tomorrow night on TNT against the Boston Celtics. So be sure to be tuned in to that. Uh, Mark Brown, thanks for tuning in. So a last thing I want to get to today. And you can go back to the group page on Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast, and check this article. Check this article out. So, last thing for the Sixers, Richard says, Sixers can't give up Simmons and three first-round picks, or or Maxi and Matisse and Simmons. It'll gut the roster. Right. Give this coaching staff a chance with this roster, Rich. I agree. I'm liking that. I, I definitely agree with that. It's the same thing I say. You have to give these guys a chance with uh, a new regime. It's not like it's the same coach and then you want to bring in Harden. It's a totally different regime. Um, so you have to give them a shot with what you have here already before you decide. Frank, thanks for tuning in. Before you try and decide or make or attempt to make a decision that you need to split them up. So you have to give them a shot in that. Now, getting to my last topic of the day is one that I got a lot of feedback from. And you can go back and find it in the group page, Sports Rap Podcast. If not, you can check this video here. And I'll check later. If you can't, can't find it, I will repost it. It is the article 
um, attached with the video of the coach, football coach, punching some players on the sideline. Um, that coach has since been fired. But me, as a coach, as a former player, as a parent, it really got to me. And, and it burns my soul to see what you would consider or what you would think of being a coach, a responsible adult, acting in that fashion, which is totally, totally uncalled for, for an adult to be punching. It looked like they were somewhere between six, seven, six and eight year olds football team. And I understand the whole thing. You want to toughen them up and you want to do this. That's not the way. You toughen them up with their teammates in practice. You toughen them up in game situations when they're on the field. That's how you toughen them up. And then you talk to them in practice and outside or on the sidelines. You can't hold off and hit people's kids. And someone mentioned to me, you know, was it his kid or whatever? At this particular point, it didn't matter if it was his kid or if it was somebody else's kid. For that matter, if it was somebody else's kid, somebody should have been on his ass. Excuse me, Mo, I'm sorry for my language right now, but I just have to get it out that way. If it had been someone else's kid, or in any way possible, someone should have been on his ass. If not at that very moment, as soon as possible, someone should have been on his top. I know if that had been my kid, and I saw that, I'm immediately making my way over there or down there to the field to holler at this coach. And if I can't get to him during the game when it happened in the ideal situation, you best believe at the end of that game, he's going to hear some words from me before he goes on his way. If somebody else doesn't get to him first. But I say we all meet there together and get them all together. Totally, totally uncalled for. Parents put their kids in the trust of these coaches. And I say this from the bottom of my heart because I used to be a coach. But I never, ever got into that situation. Yes, the kids have gotten me angry. They've gotten me upset several times. But I never got to that point. Never got to the point where I physically had to put my hands on someone else's child in that manner as a coach. Never happened to me. Like I said, it never happened. I, I, I got angry. I might have yelled some curse words, yeah, or whatever, in talking to the kids, yeah. But never got to the point where I physically, that rough, had to put my hands on kids. If I ever had to put my hands on kids... It was in an instructional manner, in practice, or an encouraging manner during the game or in practice. Or I might have been trying to help them shift and show them some things that I told them that they just weren't getting as far as what you do as a coach. But never to the point where I'm punching, physically assaulting a child. Never got to that point. And again, like I said, this coach has since been fired since this video went viral. But it shouldn't have taken a video to go viral for him to be fired. There were people there 
at that game. There were people in that situation that saw it. If you didn't do anything physically or didn't get up to the foot coach and talk to him or anything, you should have been reporting it from that particular instance instead of just filming it and putting it on social media. At that point, you should have been sending it to the proper authorities, the commissioners and the overseers of that league, to let them know what this coach was doing at this moment. But nonetheless, the video got to social media, it went viral, and something got done, which is more, most, mostly important. Something got done. Because there is no place in peewee league football or any peewee league child sport for that type of behavior. I'm glad he got fired. And, you know, people could arguably say, oh, he was a black man. He Look, at that level, that is not your source of income or your main source of income. Okay, a lot of times you're a volunteer coach. So that makes it even worse. You're out there for those kids and, and or for the love of the game. You want to help those kids enjoy themselves and if they want to, you want to help them get better and move on to the next level. That is your job as a coach, not to physically abuse any of those children that are on your team. So with that being said, folks, like I said, it really got to me and I had to bring it in. I had to mention it. Um, again, the article is in the group or you can chime in here after the fact. Leave your comments. You know, Let me know what you would have done if your child was in that situation. Let me know what you would have done if you were in that situation and you witnessed that. What would you have done first? What would you have done to put a stop to that situation? With that being said, I'm going to close out there and leave you with this. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this, as a matter of fact. Richard Drummond chimes in and he says, Disgraceful. He says, um, At that age, you are... Let me get it up here, Rich. Hold on. At that age, you are still teaching the fundamentals um, at age eight. There's no way I would have more. I would have had more than one more. more I would have. Uh, I'm sorry. I would have had more than words with that coach. Don't ever lay hands on anyone's children. It's different grabbing a kid and instructing them. But to actually punch a child is horrific. Uh, he also said I was first. I was first-hand, right, yeah, absolutely. So, again, you know, uncalled for, disrespectful, and, you know, again, I, I am actually glad. I hate to say I'm glad that people got fired, but in this instance, I'm glad that he got fired because his antics and he has no business coaching um, in the youth sport. With that being said, folks, remain safe, stay safe, use all your safety protocols, Enjoy some of this liquid sunshine. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, Monday night football tonight. We are coming down to the home stretch of the NFL season. We are opening the door, pushing steadily pushing open the door for the NBA season. Again, NBA games on tonight. Monday night football tonight. Sixers, first preseason game tomorrow night against the Boston Celtics on TNT. And, folks, it's your boy D. Signing out. See you next week right back here on Heat 100 Radio with the Sports Rap Podcast. Peace.